We made this. Hello everyone and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. As always, I am Tim Henton, your host. Nice to see you all again. Well, not see you, but you know what I mean. And again, we are still in lockdown and we are joined by another guest. Uh, This is a very special guest. He is also on our network. We made this with two podcasts. We dig music and free with this month's issue. It's Colin Jackson Brown. Hi. Hello, Tim. You all right, mate? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can't complain today. How's how's lockdown treating you? Is what week are we on now? Is it week eight? I, I, I recording. Ha- I, I lost count months ago. Seemingly, <laughs> I have no idea how what week we're on. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's May, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's all right. Working from home, I'm quite enjoying because uh, the commute's a hell of a lot better. Although it means my my podcast listening is right down. Yes, but, that's uh, the same thing that I've had is that, um, I mean, I've been getting out and doing a lot of uh, work in the garden where I can, but at the same time, I've just, I've, my play next list is just backing up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've I've just started doing a lot of walking. So the last, within the last 10 days, I've walked 50 miles overall. So, oh, nice. Because uh, I really need to lose weight as well. So I thought I might as well. <laughs> but then I've I've been getting a lot of podcasts listened to doing that. So uh You've yeah, got a, you've got a little one as well with you in lockdown, haven't you? I have, yes. How, how, what's that like? Because that's something I've not had to deal uh, with. <laughs> a lot of fun, to be honest. It's, oh, it's good. It's obviously weird because um, uh, my my daughter is nearly f- she'll be four next month, so uh, she's sort of sort of understands what go what's going on, but not yeah. quite. And she keeps asking, you know, if she can go and do something when the bug's gone away and stuff like that. And it's like, well, yeah, but we don't know when that is. And uh, and when you're a four-year-old, time just drags on forever anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, so... but it, it does. Disney Plus has been an absolute godsend. <laughs> I am I am fairly certain that I, I think that COVID-19 was actually unleashed on the world by the Disney Corporation just timed perfectly for when Disney Plus launched in the UK. I think it was um, part funded as well by Nintendo releasing... Yeah, with Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, because the the timing of that has been absolutely mental. Like, my partner Kirsty, she is playing that game every single day and is obsessed (laughs) with it. So I'd, I'd seen figures of it and it's like one of the biggest game launches that Nintendo have ever had or something but yeah. mad like that and I can absolutely believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a willing participant in our show today. Yes. You, you yes. were one of the few people that actually uh, approached us to be a guest. <laughs> had you had you actually listened to us before? I <laughs> before had, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've listened right. to quite a few of them. Um, I, I, I tend to listen, I, I started off just listening to the films that I already knew. But then I've been going back and listening to ones that I don't know as well as, and you know, 
they're they're just as entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's usually just advice to tell you not to watch them, yeah. as we've found. <laughs> um, so, on a scale of Chris to Tim, where would you put yourself on the Disney fan scale? I've say I, I've I've moved along the scale a lot over the last sort of six years. Whereas right. I, I I used to be over the Chris, the Chris sort of side, but I I've, I think I could probably describe myself as a born again Disney fan. <laughs> so well, I think I think that's what I would say of myself because uh, it was going to Disneyland Paris for me in 2016. That that, I, that I yeah. We, are you in a similar situation? Very similar. Basically, when uh, me and my wife got married uh, in 2015, we booked our uh, honeymoon to California and went to Disneyland in California wow. and uh, s- as soon as we decided we were going to do that I'd always wanted to go there but mainly for the rides not for the the Disney side of things so much but yeah then I started watching loads of um, I mean I, I know I've heard you mention before like the Disney food blog uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that yeah and I, I will sit there when I'm when I'm bored I'm either watching synthesizer demos, uh, random music videos, or stuff about what food not to eat in Walt Disney World, which I've never <laughs> been to and I'm not that likely to go to in the near future. <laughs> well, no, I think I think we're all on that page. Yeah, aren't we? I mean, I mean, technically we've got a, a trip lined up and um, paid for for September, yeah. but that that ain't bloody happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, first film I ever saw at the cinema, uh, cinema when I was. Uh, about five years old, I think I was, was The Jungle Book when it got a, uh, there was a cinematic release in about 87, I think. I was going to say, you don't look old enough for the original uh, release. <laughs> no, not 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 quite, no. Uh, I was, yeah, I, I was born in 82, so I was about five-ish, I think, when that was was released. And, uh, cool. Yeah, I've always loved The Jungle Book. And, and uh, then I kind of watched a few Disney films as a kid. I always used to watch, you know... Uh, the uh, the man who we're not allowed to speak about anymore that's Australian with a wobble board that used to do Disney time every bank holiday Monday. Um, but that was oh, generally... So what, what was Disney time? I've not heard of that. Ah, Disney time was... It was the only decent thing on the telly for kids every bank holiday. And right, it basically, okay. uh, every bank holiday Monday, you used to get Rolf Harris introducing various... If No, it wasn't always Rolf Harris. I'm talking... I've, I've mixed that up with Rolf's Cartoon Club. There, it was lo- it was various different people because I, I remember Philip Schofield doing it at some point. I think they had different producers, each, uh, presenters each time. But basically, they used to um, basically just have clips from Disney films on BBC One on a bank holiday afternoon. Right. And it'd be, normally, it'd be like the the songs and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I was born in '88, so it's something that I obviously missed out on because I don't remember yeah, that at I, all. I reckon it probably stopped around '92-ish, probably. Yeah, so yeah. not uh, early enough for me to not have a recollection of it, but I yeah, bet I was. Yeah, I was probably watching it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, as you know, we ask all of our um, first-time guests what their Mount Rushmore of Disney characters would be. Um, we just had. Um, Rob Yeoman's on uh, giving what he referred to as a basic bitch Mount Rushmore <laughs> in that every character was from a 90s Disney movie and there weren't any deep cuts but if you're a born again Disney fan maybe you've got something different to share well I've also got to go with the side that I'm an absolute music nerd 
All right. So, I've not only got a Rushmore, but it's basically a super group. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So, obviously, I've got to have Baloo. <laughs> so, Baloo's, yeah, on, right. B- Baloo's on vocals. Yep. Then, I love the Muppets. You've got Animal on drums. Amazing. Um, I dig... Uh, I dig a lot of Pixar films. So, uh, Miguel from um, oh, the one yes. that I've blanked on the bloody name of. Coco. Coco, that's it, which I've watched uh, loads of times over the last few months because my daughter loves it. Have um, you seen the Coco live performance on yes. uh, Disney Plus? Yeah, it's pretty yes. good, isn't it? Yes, where, where they seemingly got every single uh, Hispanic celebrity in America <laughs> to yeah. just talk about it in in between and it's got uh the the mum out of dora the explorer is one of them <laughs> uh the, the dora the explorer film is another film we've watched not disney but it's fucking fantastic is uh, it? okay yeah uh dora and the lost city of gold is very 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 funny oh i'll um, have to give it a whirl at some point because I, I remember seeing the the commercials for it and thinking yeah. it looked very um like a Almost like a Lara Croft kind of film, the way they. It is. It is. It's. It's like Lara Croft for kids, but it's like very meta. Oh. And they, uh, Dora's parents are absolutely fucking hilarious in it. All right, because um, because her dad is that guy out of um, you know uh, Ant Man's mate. That's the really hyperactive one. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's him. Uh, oh, but yeah, nice. so so the 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 fourth and final person on the. Uh, my Mount Rushmore. I love Star Wars, so fitting in with that, everyone would be thinking, oh, you're going to go with Figuring Dan from the uh, the Cantina Band, or Figuring Dan and the Modal Nodes. No, I'm going to go for Max Rebo. Yes, you are. Good lad. Ma- Max, <laughs> Max Rebo uh, on the Red Ball Jet Organ. Uh, Brilliant. I think that would, you know, and he, he, obviously he's going to have to handle all the bass parts on the organ, but, the you know, the doors got away with... Most of the bass played on on the keyboard, so you know that's fine. Uh, and that's good because you've got two puppets in your band as well, Animal and Max yeah. Rebo, able to kind of uh, that that would look pretty what, cool. What are you talking about? Max oh, Rebo oh, is real. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, I don't want to spoil the illusion. Ma- Max <laughs> Rebo is fucking real. Damn it. Hashtag kayfabe. Kayfabe. He's, he's still real to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, changing the subject. So um, <laughs> that'll happen so- a lot. So, do you want to let everybody know what uh, film you picked this time? I've picked Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Yes. And what made you pick this film? Well, um, I... So, I went to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at the cinema when it came out. Yeah. Absolutely loved it at the time. Um, And then uh, got hold of that on uh, Amazon, I think it was, about probably six months ago to show my daughter and Elodie really enjoyed it. So when we got Disney+, Plus, uh, I was like, oh, there's there's a, a sequel on here where it's a massive baby, and she's like, I'm watching that. <laughs> so she then repeatedly watched that about 400 times a day. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it kind of, you know, it was implanted into my brain. So I thought, right, I might as well get a podcast out of this. So <laughs> I sent you a message about it. Although since then, you mentioned on an, uh, an episode, I think it was one of the ones that you did with Mark, uh, that the uh, Goofy movie is your favourite Disney film. It is absolutely my favourite Disney Which film, yeah. I'd never seen before. 
if as a music so, fan, there's some good bits in there, obviously. Yeah, so so I introduced that to Elodie, and uh, she won't let me watch anything else now. So I haven't been able to watch uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Uh, apart from a- after she's gone to bed for the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to have finally converted someone else to the. Oh, she she loves the, it, mate. To yeah. the Church of Powerline. <laughs> Which, in in turn, might mean I can get her into Prince, because Powerline is definitely very Prince-influenced, so that's all good. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and not a day goes by when, because I follow the hashtag a goofy movie on Instagram, not a day goes by when I don't see the meme of someone saying that we've been waiting 25 years for Powerline's album to drop. (laughs) And honest to God, I would absolutely be a pre-order in that if it actually existed. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So yeah, as you've mentioned, you are a Disney Plus um, subscriber. Yep. Which obviously makes a lot of sense, having a a little kid in lockdown. Um, Oh, yes. I was was just wondering what you've been adding to your watch list, because obviously we've got Disney Plus. Thought it would be a good conversation. Yeah, uh, well, um, it depends who's watching at the time. So my daughter has been monopolising it in the daytime. She's been watching um, Mickey Mouse Club. But she's also been uh, sorry, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, she's also been watching all the sort of spin-offy bits from that, like uh, Mickey's Roads to Races and Minnie's Bowtoons. But then in the evening, when she's gone to bed, uh, we've been getting through all the Marvel movies that are on there. Nice, nice. So uh, my wife hadn't actually quite seen all of them yet, so she saw um, Endgame for the first time the other week. Oh, nice. So, uh, so pl- was... plug in the gaps then. Yeah, exactly. And then um, I, a thing that I watched the other day uh, that I thought was quite interesting, there's a documentary on there called Prop Culture. Oh, yeah, I've seen that that was added because that's quite a recent addition, isn't it? Yeah, so... yeah, it was just, just in the last week or so. And and that was, um, we watched, uh, my, Elodie loves uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's what our our, our icon is on the uh Oh, nice. On the screen thingy, so uh, it's, we've got Jack Skellington on there. But nice. there's there's one of that where they're going through looking at all the uh, the scenery and the props for that. So that was quite interesting. Well, Kirsty's a big fan of that, so we'll definitely have to catch that at some point. Um, yeah, I, I'd really I, recommend if you've not seen it yet, the Imagineering story. As a person that's been to yeah. Disneyland, that's that's a really good one. I think. Yeah, definitely interested in that. Yeah, it's a really good series. Um, anything else? Um, not so much at the moment because we've still got got Netflix and Amazon Prime as well, and then various things <coughs> illegally downloaded. Uh, <laughs> cool, so, right? Yes. So yeah, let's get stuck in then. Okay. Brilliant inventor Wayne Solinsky is back, and this time he's about to make the biggest scientific breakthrough of his career. Wow, some lab. We're better than what we had in the attic, huh? And once again, he's sharing the experience with his kids. Power surge! Yeah. <laughs> right, I confess, I did it! Did what? Pick up I blew up the baby! <gasps> Mama! Walt Disney Pictures presents A Little Family Crisis. Adam, put Daddy down! Stop before someone gets hurt! That's getting bigger. Oh my God, he's out. And bigger. He's over 100 feet tall. You stop right now! What's that? It's a tranquilizer cannon. That's my kid you're talking about! I'd have to insist that these two be taken into custody. The chase is on. 
The excitement is building. Move it! Fire! And the adventure is bigger than ever. Honey, this is dangerous! Don't worry! I'm gonna get him! Rick Moranis. Honey, I blew up the kid. So the original Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came out in 1989, and this yep. one followed along not that much longer, uh, not that much later in 92. Yeah, um, it is exactly one hour and 30 minutes, which is what I like to see when I'm recording <laughs> for a podcast. No messing about here. We're gonna we're going in. We're getting a film, and we're getting out. Yep. Um, and something that we've not had to watch um, for the podcast in a very long time. It started with the classic fading up Disney Pictures 1990s uh, yeah. musical logo that always gets me right in the feels. <laughs> As <laughs> yeah, a no- 90s kid, it's just so nostalgic, that little jingle. None of your like fireworks and train bollocks, you don't need, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I really don't. I feel like the new one tries way too hard. It's just, it's cramming too much in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's modern cinema for you, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we get something else that we've not had for a long time on the podcast, but is a classic on the bingo card, which is, um, we get a good old animated intro. Oh, it's brilliant. I, lo- I, I, would, I wasn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised when we put it on if uh, Elodie had have only wanted to watch the intro. Because <laughs> there's the I, I can remember when I was a kid, um, the old Pink Panther films yeah. used to have the animated with, with the actual Panther, yeah. and I can remember being really disappointed, going, "Oh, Pink Panther!" Um, found the video at me at me nan's house, and I was like, "I'm going to put this on." Watched the first like three minutes with the intro, and I was like, "Yeah, this is really good." And then uh, Peter Sellers, and it was all live action. I was like, "Ah." Uh... This is not what I signed up for. No, that's that's exactly what I used to think about the Pink Panther. I used to hate it yeah. because, and especially if it was on TV, because obviously you had the Pink Panther cartoon series as well. Exactly. So if yeah. you ever if you ever stumbled across it on the TV in the days before a TV guide option, like yeah. you had to wait through the intro to figure out if you were watching the cartoon or if it was going to be another one of the bloody boring <laughs> films. So yeah. yeah, and I know exactly what you mean on that one. Um, so. Instantly, uh, I, I mean, you said that you've only come across this film recently, but um, t- to give you an insight, this is one of the very few films that I actually genuinely remember um, renting from Blockbuster as a kid. Awesome. So this goes way back for me. And yeah. the instant this animated intro started, I was just getting all goosebumps and stuff because the, the good thing of like having this nostalgia for Disney, but also not having revisited it in such a long time is every time I rewatch a film from my childhood now, it's always got that real good feel, feel good thing. Going yeah. Cause, on. Cause you've not diluted it with all the times that you've watched in between. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you're coming back to it and it's transporting you back right to where you were when you were a kid, rather than all the other times that you would have watched it since with stuff that yeah. you've watched all the way through. Yeah. And then after, after, uh, renting it multiple times from Blockbuster. Uh, we then taped it off the Disney Channel one day as well. So cool. it's one of those things that I have watched a million times to have the recognition, but not watched for, you know, <laughs> 15 years maybe. So loving it. Um, I really like the intro animation as well, because it's kind of style-wise, it makes me really think of like um, newspaper comic strips from the 80s well, and 90s. 
Well, particularly, I had to look it up to see if it was drawn by um, the guy who did the Garfield strips. Yeah, because yeah, the the, um... the eyes are very much like um, like the the characters in Garfield's eyes, but it wasn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah, good, all good all round. This intro, it does, it kind yeah. of it shows you the greatest hits of what's coming in the film, but also doesn't kind of spoil it at the same time. Yeah, well, it's um, loads of loads of extra bits that that you know, loads of bits that don't happen in the film later on. Yeah, and, but uh, it gives you the gives you the idea of what you're going to see. Yeah, um, and we get our um, intro text letting us know that we are in Vista del Mar in Nevada, which um, is apparently very close to Las Vegas, as we find out later on. Allegedly, although it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Does it not? Right. No, no, I looked it up. <laughs> um, and then we are getting our establishing shot outside the Solinsky's house um, where we see a mailbox that's got all sorts of extra gubbins and yeah. gears and shit hanging off it. Um, and it's a very, um, what's the word? Economical way of uh, letting you know these guys are inventors. And if you didn't get yeah. that. The the neighbours walk past and say, "I hear he's some kind of inventor." Yes, <laughs> just to hit you over the head with it. Just, just just in case anybody really hadn't noticed. And then they they also you know they could have said he's a dog trainer because Quark the dog is incredibly well trained. Yeah, because he then comes <laughs> out to to get the newspaper from the uh, the mailbox machine thingy. <laughs> yeah, and we then uh, get to see inside the house, and there are inventions literally everywhere. Yeah. And it's like a, it's, it, it's it's establishing it just like the the first movie, because the first movie's got really similar inventions everywhere. Yeah, um, you know, it's got some of the same ones. Like there's the um, there's the like buzzer system on the wall for different rooms in the house, which and really there's... reminded me of uh, in Wallace and Gromit when uh, yeah. <laughs> when Gromit uh, Wallace can order his breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's a lot of similarities in their uh, inventing style, isn't there? Between there uh, is, yeah, Wallace and Mister <laughs> Zelinsky. <laughs> yeah, similar time period as well, nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we get to see as well Nick's bedroom, which is uh, the most nineties set you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> grunge posters on the walls. Um, he's got a guitar because, of course, he has. He's, he's got a Les Paul copy where they make uh, it, it, so. It, it's clearly a copy of a Gibson Les Paul, but they are at great pains not to show the logo on the headstock at any time. Because <laughs> right. I was trying to work out if it was a proper Les Paul, because if it was, that would be either show that they're ridiculously rich or unrealistic, because they shouldn't be ridiculously rich when he's a struggling-ish inventor. Well, I mean, considering it, that they, uh, in later scenes, have a lot of bits where the toddler is throwing it around... Um, yeah, I'm gonna guess it's probably not a real expensive. Guitar. Oh yeah, it w- wouldn't have been <laughs> an actual one. But th- then uh, he was also uh, weirdly he was playing his guitar through a PVTKO bass amp. So um, that that kind of sure. makes you think that he's uh, he's kind of just getting by with the the stuff that he can get hold of, which I could relate to because my first amplifier was a mixing desk and some headphones. I was gonna say typical so. teenager, like maybe yeah, doesn't yeah. even know what he's doing either. Yeah. <laughs> um and we see um little baby's room as well. Um so baby's called Adam and he's a new entry in the series because we've not seen him in the previous film. Yes. Um 
Because they've done a good job of, well, obviously it's been a good few years, so everyone has actually aged up. Yeah, well, it, um, it's it's the exact same cast for the family. Yeah. Um, which they didn't manage in later films. No. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you watched um, the later film? We've we've watched uh, about. I think we've got about half an hour into Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Yeah, and straight it, to video that one. Each time, even as a four-year-old, my daughter's sitting there going, "That's not the same family. Why are we watching?" <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV series? I know it existed, but I don't think I ever saw it. Well, that would piss you off even more because that's a completely new cast. Again, right? Not not even Rick Moranis. <laughs> no, he didn't come back for that because obviously it was just TV budget, and I think it was for the Disney Channel because I remember yeah. it from like the le- very late nineties, early noughties. But yeah, I, yeah. I was obsessed with that show at the time. It was my <laughs> first ever, um, first ever image of an Oreo that I ever saw, and really wanted to try them. <laughs> There was just one episode that sticks in my mind where they were just pile, uh, trying to stack them up on a table. And I just yeah. don't know why, but they just looked delicious. And then when I eventually <laughs> tried an Oreo, found out I didn't even like them. <laughs> yeah, but, I, um, I, I can remember that I'm fairly certain that there are Oreo, Oreos featured in uh, the first movie. Well, it's definitely about... like the lamest callback to a thing ever. Then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, de- it, it's probably the sponsorship that they could get. Which there's definitely a lot of that in in this one. So oh uh... yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Quark's uh, the dog. He's trying to give letters to everyone, but everyone's ignoring it, him. It's yeah. just kind of a good sort of establishing, you know, the family that we already know. Um, yeah, and we also get the, a little conversation between Nick and his mum, uh, where Nick loves girls because yes. he's a teenage boy, but he doesn't love girls. But he does love girls, where he's trying yeah. to be all coy with his mum. And then whilst that's happening, that's when Baby Adam uh, tries to wreck his guitar, which he's not happy about. That's what I've described as the horror movie section. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's actually just stomping on this guitar. And yeah. uh, Nick Nick runs in uh, and, and Adam's... Uh, it's got to be said, I think they, the two... Because it's two twins that played Adam. Yeah. But the age they are, which... Can own, they've got to be younger than, than my daughter is. I think they must be three at the most. They're bloody good actors for what they've had to do. Yeah, because they actually do speak as well. Because often they, for that age, you it tends to be a non-speaking role. Yeah. But because it's essentially they're the main character. They they do incredibly well. You're right. And it's, um, it, at that, that point where he's stomping on the guitar, uh, Nick runs in. And there's like a, a recurring motif that um, Adam says later on in the film, which is, uh, I fix it, I fix it. And then yeah. Nick's like, I'll fix you, you little punk, which amused me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calling someone a little punk, that's very uh, it's very off the time, isn't it? <laughs> definitely. I think we need to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, and they're, basically mum is leaving Wayne in charge whilst she takes... Um, the big sister, which I cannot... Amy. Amy, that's right. They're taking her away to college. And yeah. so mum is basically going to go with her, but maybe she I... doesn't really need to go. Is Well, I, I, I think Amy is only there for contractual reasons. Yeah. Well, I, was, I did a little bit of research beforehand, and this film actually started out not as a sequel. Yeah. 
So the plan was that it was uh, just a standalone film that had been written, and then was it was it called Giant Baby or something like that? Some it had something really obvious. Yeah, Um, and then obviously someone at Disney made the connection that this could make a great sequel. Um, But obviously the problem was that the script did not have this character or or any plot for Amy, so they pretty much got her in right at the beginning just to get rid of her, just to just to give an excuse as to why she wasn't there. (laughs) And I, I. I seem to remember. I looked on IMDb for a few of the uh, the actors, and I know Nick didn't do much after this, and I don't think she did either. Probably not. I don't. They're, they're not recognisable as as being from anything I th- else. I think they're they're um, sort of. Ne- I think both of them. Their next um, credit was for the uh, Honey We Shrunk the Audience um, ride at Disneyland. Oh, R.I.P. Oh, yeah. I miss I miss it. <laughs> Was <laughs> that then, still at Disneyland when you went? No, no, oh. it's got gone years before that. That was some good <laughs> shit. That one. <laughs> but yeah, that, I, it looks like that was sort of their last credit for forever. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they were actually actually properly lost that time when they got shrunk. Maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah yeah. Um, well, we never get uh, we never get to see Nick get. Um, enlarged at the end of this film do we no it's, no, it's we implied don't. they're going to but we never see it yep there you go <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we get some really what i thought was quite interesting especially for the time it's set is we get some good shots of wayne and adam together um and wayne comes across as quite a good uh father at this point in that yes. he's he's involved with adam's Bedtime routines. Bedtime routines and things, yeah. yeah. Um, and they do this great bit thing where um, Rick Moranis was literally um, improvising with the kids playing Adam in all yeah. of the shots they have together, which makes amazing chemistry. Yeah. And it, and it just feels really real. Yeah. Which is really cute. But um, yeah, so it gets it annoys me because then a little bit because we see Wayne being a very competent dad but then very soon we're told actually no he's shit at being a dad yeah yeah he's uh, he's not the most attentive at, at times when he really needs to be is he yeah. yeah which we kind of established in the first film which is yeah you know he he's uh he's got a lot of science going on in that brain and he can't do much else um, and he's late for work because he's got a big test um so they all pile into the van um which is like a standard american minivan but it's got like solar panels and everything it's, it, uh, it, yeah it's, it's like a, a budget delorean basically isn't it well yeah i'd written delorean <laughs> if a delorean was a minivan and then yeah. i realized that it is literally a dmc vehicle is which it is, I, oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that much no um, it was about halfway through the film i realized the dmc logo was slapped right on the front and i was like this is <laughs> this is intentional they've purposely picked a, yeah. a vehicle that's delorean-esque yeah, the, you... uh, the, the, there's a bit just before that that we've skipped over, All uh, right. where it's a uh, a recurring uh, phrase that's uh, a, a Chekhov's phrase, if you will, <laughs> um, where you cannot say nap. Oh yes, when that's uh, very when important. Adam's around, he does not like being told to have a nap. In no. fact, the word that the the phrase that is actually used by uh, Adam's mother is. You, we don't say the N word around two year olds, which, which <laughs> well, is well, that's 
That's Which is sound accurate. advice. Sound yeah. advice, I think, you know. Yeah. Generally around anybody it's best. But uh yeah. Well last <laughs> week we watched um Remember the Titans with Rob. Um, right. which is I don't know if you know, but it's a film about the old racism. And um Was that the, the sports one that you were worried about watching? Um, yes, it was. <laughs> See, that's 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 why I not thought much about watching the film, but I'll I'll be listening to the episode anyway. <laughs> yeah, but they managed to go the whole film because uh, it's a Disney movie. They never once bring uh, mention the N word around anybody, let Good. alone two year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, when... I don't th- don't think that's what Disney's missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but it just it was just very jarring because it was supposed to be that all these people were racist, but they weren't saying yeah. naughty words. Um, yeah, so they, he gets to work and they're basically testing the opposite of his shrink ray, which is a enlargement ray, and yes. they're testing it out on a crystal to see if they can enlarge yes. it. And it, it, it turns it into bad CGI. Yes, it really does. <laughs> um, it's like um, the cop from Terminator Two, um, but on a s- smaller scale. Uh, yeah, I don't, m- much lower budget scale. <laughs> yeah, it's. But it, 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 of... I think that's the only bad effect that I noticed in the whole film. To be fair, yeah, considering um, what this film's about, the effects going forward are stand out pretty well because it's the it's the it's the jurassic park thing where they do as much practically as they possibly can and it stands up so much better for having done that exactly yeah yeah so wayne's boss is not happy um and says that he's on thin ice because it's not working yes Um, dr hendrickson or as i've got him named throughout the rest of my notes because I could never remember that baddie science man. Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I I just kept calling him boss man. Yeah. Then we go to Nick's work because he works at Wet and Wild, which I'm yes. assuming there is one in Las Vegas. I didn't check. Um, <laughs> seems a bit of a weird place to have a water park. I thought. There's. Oh, uh, I suppose if that... it's in the desert, it'll be quite warm. I suppose. Yeah, I I. There's there's definitely lots of the resorts have got their own um, sort of semi-water park type things. There's a lot of right. like water slides and swimming pools and that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if there's a full water park, but there may well be. There's one in um, not far from Disneyland uh, because there was one. It's right next to Knott's Berry Farm, which is where our hotel was. Oh, nice. Did uh, you go to Knott's? We didn't go to the uh, Knott's um, theme park, but the, the Waterworld Park thingy, I, I can't remember what it's called. It's it's Knott's Waterworld or something like that. Right. Something slightly more punny than that that I've completely blanked on. But there was an afternoon where um, Helen, my wife, was absolutely knackered, so she had a nap in the hotel while I went over the road to this water park. And, nice. Uh, Spent most of the time getting sunburnt going around the lazy river thingy. It was ace. <laughs> <laughs> nice. God, California is definitely on my bucket list because I really yeah, want to go do Disneyland and Knott's. Um, if if you do, you ha- my biggest recommendation, and same for anybody listening, the Universal Studios VIP Pass is absolutely amazing. 
because that gets you on to everything without queuing. Is gets right? you on to everything without. So you you get there first of all. You've got valet parking. Um, then you've got um, you go into like this sort of uh, reception area where there's like a really nice buffet breakfast. Then wow. you've got a guide that comes to meet you who takes you around the whole park. Every ride that you get to, they tell you facts about it and what the ride's like and give you a choice if you want to go on it or not. So they tell people that might be a little bit scared of like bits where you go backwards in the dark that that's going to happen on this one, so don't go on it. Um, well, that um, would be really useful for me because I'm I have yeah. really bad motion sickness, so yeah, being able to know actually ask someone beforehand would be yeah. Brilliant. Then, then you've got um, you go on the actual um, oh you have you have a absolutely amazing buffet lunch which is like worth the price of the the ticket anyway. Um, then you go on the VIP version of the studio tour. So whereas normally on the studio tour, you go on a, like a sort of train carriagey type thing that just goes yeah. pa- past everything and they point at it and go, that's the town hall out of Back to the Future. On the VIP tour, you, you're in like a, a little minivan type thing that you stop and get out. Oh, wow. So you can go and explore... So we've like stood on the steps of Norman Bates Motel out of Psycho, and um, the the plane crashed bit out of War of the Worlds and stuff like that. And then after that, you get to go to the Waterworld Stunt Show. Uh, only you get the VIP area, which is where you don't get drenched. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. <laughs> yeah, and then you've well, just got nice. your pass to go on everything else for free for like without queuing for the rest of the day look as as amazing as that sounds i really it's ought to get my topic. other <laughs> failed holiday out of the way before i'm yeah, yeah. before i'm looking at california <laughs> definitely oh. um yeah so we're at wet and wild um where we see love uh, nick's love interest who he obviously goes to school with called mandy but she doesn't yeah. know who he is and then uh, there's, I was... there's, a, there's a slightly uncomfortable uh bond girl dreamweaver type shot to, to yes. introduce her because you're like <laughs> she's about 15 that's not yeah, <laughs> yeah I, w- I don't know if i've mentioned it on the podcast but i've been watching a lot of um boy meets world and there was right. a really weird shot um um in an episode recently where it's they're all learning to scuba dive and right. K- topanga who at the time is probably 13 and um, right. takes off her uh takes off her dressing gown to reveal her bathing suit and obviously the character Corey is yeah. supposed to find her attractive but there's like two or three people in the audience whose automatic response is to wolf whistle and then <laughs> and then give up halfway through when they realize what they've done <laughs> oh amazing so uh, that was that was hilariously awkward <laughs> oh that, but, that's fantastic i hope they've got Sort of like the uh, that guy off to catch a predator waiting for them uh, <laughs> in the uh, the wings on the way out. <laughs> but yeah, that's another uh, recommendation. If you've ever watched or not watched Boy Meets World, it still stands up really well. Okay, cool. I've never, based... never watched it actually. Um, it's for, it was for the Disney Channel, and it is yeah. essentially it's a, a sitcom that yeah. where the main characters are the kids, um, but it's not written any different to a standard sitcom in that sense so it's not written for kids as such so again for for adults it still stands up quite well yeah 
and obviously you get a more adult perspective on the stories as well yeah so um mandy uh i looked up who uh whether she'd been in anything else later on yeah i did as well because i recognized her well i i thought i recognized her but then didn't actually know any of the films where you can see her face but she's in uh rise of skywalker yeah, she's Poe's bird, she's, isn't she? <laughs> she's uh, she's the woman dreft, dressed up as Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you never see her face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had no idea it was her. Um, yeah, I'd got that written down as well. Yes. So uh, just to point out, I know what I'm talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and yeah. We- Nick's, uh, Nick's work uniform is amazing because he's got a, <laughs> a cap with like a, a model of a surfer sort of. Yeah. Uh, yeah sewn onto it which is brilliant i'd love to know if that's official wet and wild uniform or if it was purposely made awful for the uh for the film (laughs) and yeah his dad rocks up in the van which is so embarrassing yeah and they have a conversation where nick's asking if his dad was ever popular and yeah uh, wayne thinks he was but obviously he wasn't um and then we get the most horrendous product placement in the whole film which is they drive past the hard rock cafe <laughs> and the camera the camera just settles over the logo for about um, two minutes well it feels like yeah so uh are you familiar with the phrase chekhov's gun i i am not right okay chekhov's gun is a, a bit of like literary criticism where uh basically it states that if if you're writing a book or a film and there is a gun that appears, it will be used at some point. Yes. I, so I, I am quite, I think I am familiar with it, but I don't what, remember that. Once you know that, you will look out for everything and go, well, that wouldn't be just there as a bit of scenery. That's going to be significant later on. So this is Chekhov's Hard Rock Cafe sign. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm very glad it does come up later on, but yeah. it was so jarring because we don't hang around here yeah. at this point. Um, but yes, Hard Rock Cafe does come up later on. <laughs> Spoilers. And then we see, uh, we go back home and Wayne can't cook. My first thought was all this dude's inventions and he never thought to help his wife out in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) He's got things moving things round in the kitchen on like conveyor belts on the ceiling. But yeah, you're right. He's got a a fairly standardised oven and and microwave. Perhaps that'll be his next thing because the oven's actually on fire. So he yeah. might need to get a new one, and that might be what he decides to do next. Well, talking about the house in general, um, it's really well designed as a set, in my opinion. I mean, we spend yeah. a lot of the film in it, so it needs to be. But there's yeah. this really good kind of mix of, you can see some member of the family, probably mum, has tried to make it as homely as possible around all of Wayne's shit. <laughs> and I think that's just uh, as a set it looks really you can it's believable. You, Even though I, I was going to say that that sounds exactly like my house. <laughs> <laughs> Is yours all instruments that are uh records, instruments, uh CDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and actually yeah. main, mainly toys these days, but uh they're, they're not all mine. What kind? What kind of uh, boys' toys are, are you a collector of? Uh, well, 
I've got a few sort of like Star Wars figures and that kind of thing. We've got a, uh, I've got my original Skeletor from the eighties, which <laughs> nice. we we always uh, we've got a tradition where he goes on the top of the Christmas tree every year. <laughs> Ace. Um, I'm just looking around the room for my boys' toys at the minute. I've got I've got my Lego Steamboat Willie that I yes, finally I saw, purchased. Saw that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got all of my uh, amiibos for the Switch lined up next to the telly as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, th- there's a fair bit of Lego, uh, but officially most of that is Elodie's, yeah. even though it's quite often. Oh, it looks really good. I'm going to buy it. Then I get to build it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Then, yeah, we set up that um, Adam likes the ice cream van because he yes. hears one going past and he runs out the front door. Yes, excellent, excellent parenting. Yeah. Houdini uh, child straight out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they've burnt the, the meal, so we then cut to Rick Moranis doing the shittest job of spreading peanut butter I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know how he was doing it, but not right. <laughs> Maybe that's to show that you just, you know, he's he's so incompetent he can't even make a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. And then we get a really cute um little bit, as we said earlier, of improvisation where the, the bedtime bit, yeah. Yeah. So Adam's got this stuffed toy called Big Bunny and Wayne uh kind of puppeteers him and they have a conversation and it's really sweet. Um yeah. and they sing Twinkle Twinkle and the ABCs. And it's really funny because obviously the the script calls for them to sing Twinkle Twinkle, but the kid playing Adam says wants he wants ABC. the ABCs. So yeah. uh, Rick Moranis really rushes through the ABCs <laughs> so they can get to the Twinkle Twinkle bit. But it's so it, again, as it's just it's just so cute these bits. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, Adam's got a balloon, and it causes Wayne to have a brainwave for the. Uh, what could be it's, causing an issue with his with his work? It it causes what I like to call a house moment, it's like <laughs> that that bit at the end of house where he sees something completely random and goes, "Oh, that's what's wrong with that person." But it wasn't lupus. But that's important. yes. <laughs> um, and yes, then we cut to um, bad bad man, bad bad science man, ba- baddie science man, uh, having a romantic meal in the lab while nefariously <laughs> plotting. <laughs> <laughs> with his um, even more badder, even more boss man, yes. who is is on the board of um, Sterling Labs, which is where they work. Um, yeah. Basically, it reminded me of the scene in A New Hope when Graf- Grand Moff Tarkin uh, yeah. talks about they've disbanded the uh, the Senate. Yes. Because <laughs> basically they're saying that they've had a coup and the investors, are, the board have taken over and Sterling the uh, head of the company is now out so they can be yep. as nefarious as they want. Absolutely. And then uh, Wayne obviously phones them to uh, to tell them his breakthrough with the balloon. And they don't give a toss. And and while they're having this discussion about how much they don't care and that they're going to sack everybody and, and get rid of stuff and detailing their nefarious plan in a very sort of Bond villain kind of way, they've got an old uh, uh, normal old telephone because uh, it was 1992, so it wouldn't have been a mobile. And he's just covering his hand over the bottom of the receiver, which <laughs> means that that Wayne would have heard every single word, but didn't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then speaking of phones, then Nick calls Mandy for a chat um, <laughs> with with the most uh, 90s prop ever, a see-through telephone. Yes. I always, always wanted one of these as a kid. <laughs> I was always so weirded out. Well, not kind of weirded out and equally jealous of the way in American films, all these teenagers had their own phone line in their room. Yes. What the hell was that about? It, it must have been that their phone bills worked in a different way. Yeah. I think they probably had unlimited minutes and that kind of thing, which we obviously didn't have then. Yeah, it's such a weirdly differently cultural thing because it seems to... I didn't know anybody in England that had a second phone line until we got a modem. <laughs> I've never... I, I can't remember ever seeing uh, or many American films where the teenage kids get told off for, you know, building up a massive phone bill. No. Whereas, I, it bloody happened with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those people that hates using the phone anyway, so I would never have wrapped up a decent <laughs> bill. Um, yeah, but Adam pulls the cord out of the phone. Um, so, again, we get some tension between him and Nick. <laughs> yes. And then the plan is that we are going to sneak into that lab and do some science. Yes. Um, because obviously the 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 other guys, the bosses have said that he's not allowed to have a go at his experiment. So they sneak in um, and they do what I've written is quite believable science. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not. But at the same time, like considering how silly this series is, yeah. I feel like everything has a very practical sounding. Like the jargon the, doesn't sound too di- too silly. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So you're talking about where they uh, the the laser is too powerful, yeah. so they diffuse it with the bottom of a coke bottle. I think it is, which sounds like the which, kind of thing where you go, "Oh yes, that sounds about right. I can believe which, that." Which which he smashes on the floor and then just leaves a load of broken glass there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never brought up, is it? Like that could no. have been a clue for them finding him later on. Yeah. Um, so the plan is to make Big Bunny a really big bunny, um, but when they're not looking. Wouldn't you know it? Adam gets zapped with the laser. Yes, with with cartoon hair sticking up in the air and like burn marks and laughing his absolute head off, which is brilliant. Yeah, it's a very 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 cartoony bit. And as they're sneaking back out, the security guard makes a very good little pun by saying, <laughs> "Oh, your your baby's getting really big." Um, yeah, yeah, that baby of yours sure is starting to get big into what he says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's Smitty, the utterly terrible security guard. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not good at his job. I seems, seems like a lovely guy. <laughs> a plot point that I'd completely forgotten or, or kind of imagined at this point is for some reason, like Sterling, who is this mythical god among scientists that we haven't met yet they have a full life-size poster of him in they, the hallway they do um, and um i when smitty was stood next to the poster he looked so s- similar that i honestly thought there was going to be later on finding out that smitty was actually him in disguise or some shit right I, okay but I, i'd completely made that up in my head because you, it, this does not have. happen <laughs> Maybe I saw a weird fan edit on the from Blockbuster. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, I need to skip ahead in my notes to find out 
his bloody name now because I've blanked on it. Lloyd Bridges is uh, is the the big boss dude, right? Uh, who's out of airplane? Oh, of course, yeah. He's the uh, he's the the boss bloke in airplane, and I, I'm the my biggest disappointment in this film is that there is not any point where he stands in front of that massive picture of him in the exact same position, just like he does in Airplane where he's leaning on the desk well, with I think the picture that's behind him. I think my brain was trying to make a reason for that picture to yeah. exist. <laughs> um, yeah, so when they get home, uh, they can't get Adam out of his car seat because he's grown. Yeah. Um, and they make the decision that um, Mandy's going to have to be babysitter um, so that Nick and Wayne can go and have some father-son bonding time and go and see a movie. Yep. Um, where the, the the phone call is brilliant, where uh, Wayne phones her up, um, she answers the phone. First she calls him uh, Mr. Schlitzminski, so she <laughs> completely mangles his name, and then uh, her quote is, I like charge two pound fifty an hour, unless of course I actually do any, unless of course I actually have to do anything like change diapers or clean up, in which case the price goes up. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was pretty funny. I thought as well, it's really funny to look back at how little they charge for these things back yeah. in the day. Because like you, you, at the same time as that, you've got uh, Nick is changing a guitar string in his room. Uh, you've got uh, Adam saying that he wants to go eat in a restaurant and he wants duck. Which I thought was excellent. Oh, again, another Good brilliant choice. little bit of improv, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so that that's the point where uh, Wayne starts microwaving him something to eat, isn't it? Yeah, and it turns out that it's the electrical being close to an electrical appliance that causes Adam to grow again. Yes. Um, so Although then it's, it's quite selective with its electrical. Electrical appliances. Yes, I did. There's a fair few that don't <laughs> appear to have any effect. <laughs> Correct. But um, yeah, the, the, this scene takes a few minutes, and and this whole time, uh, it, it's you know it's quite a long time, and uh, Nick is still changing that guitar string, which completely <laughs> took me out of the film because that's a Les Paul with a tunematic bridge. It should be done in less than a minute. It's re- it's not like it's a Stratocaster or uh, you know an Ibanez with a, a Floyd Rose tremolo system or anything like that. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'm sure completely uh, ruined it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get um, <laughs> get on that angry letter uh, thirty years oh, yeah. too late, shall I? And... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah. So Wayne and Nick see Adam, and he's seven foot tall at this point. And yes, there there's a bit of commotion. Let's say a good bit of running around like headless chickens. Yeah, uh, the one. Note, not... Sorry, carry on. I was going to say the one note that I made at this point was um, Wayne was trying to figure out what had happened and um, said that basically, you know, he must have got in the way the moment of discharge. And yes. I was like, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Don't um, say the, that again. The the main note I'd got for that scene. So uh, Adam walks in seven feet tall and uh, Wayne and, and Nick immediately leg it behind the sofa. And <laughs> yeah. Then that scene shows how absolutely perfect the casting is. So the uh Nick, we I don't think we've said the the actor's name is Robert Oliver. Um he 
is perfectly casted as Rick Moranis' son. He really because, is, yeah. I mean, the, the glasses obviously help the look, but their mannerisms and the way that they behave on screen is... You could easily believe that he is Rick Moranis' son. Yeah, I kept thinking that the whole way through. Yeah. Um, then but, we go we go back to the lab. Yeah. And they basically dress uh, Adam up as Hagrid to <laughs> sneak yeah. him in. Um, and it's like, it, it's um, they it's great that bit because you can they for some of the bits where obviously you can see Adam's face. They're obviously using sort of green screen technology and that kind of thing. Yeah, you sent me a horrific picture the other day, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't. I don't think that ever, that ever got used because that's when he's even bigger later on, and I couldn't pick out that that bit. But then uh, the bit where he's about seven feet tall. Whenever you can't see his face, it's clearly a really tall actor. Yeah. Um, and it's um, he's actually in the credits because he's credited as um, it's a uh, stuntman. Uncle called- Yan. Uncle Janosch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex Daniels is credited as Uncle Janosch, which is what they tell uh, Smitty. That's who it is when he comes into the um, yeah. <laughs> into the lab, and then they tell the neighbours it's Uncle Janosch later on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, when they get in, the boss, nasty boss is there and says that all of uh, Wayne's data has been erased by the surge, which was caused by it being used. Yeah, and as you it, say, it, it erased all 38 gigabytes. Which is is a third of Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how things change. Um, So, yeah, um, as you say, um, because the boss hears Adam saying some baby babble, they say that he's Uncle Janusz from Yugoslavia. um, And this is when the boss says, you know, Wayne, you're off the project. Um, Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And Nick says as they're leaving, you know, why didn't you tell the boss about Adam? Um, and Wayne reminds him that obviously um, he's already been through all this shit already with when they shrunk um, yeah. the the kids in the first film. And he knows that they would want to test on Adam if, if, they, if he told the truth. Which is um, really nice because up to that point, everybody's been thinking, well, he's obviously done this before. How come nobody knows about it? And yeah. He explains it really well that they'd be, you know, cut up and tested on, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why they didn't tell anyone about the shrinking. Um, yeah. And they say, you know, we've got to fix this before mum gets home. And then the second they get <laughs> home, mum's already there. And I was just so, like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and they, they immediately put the van into reverse and drive straight <laughs> off the drive again. And they're driving around for a little bit. And there's a absolutely brilliant line um, what are we going to do? Drive to Mexico, then come back when he's older. Maybe she wouldn't notice then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually they decide, you know, we've got to go home. We've got to face up to it. And we get him saying, I blew up the baby. Yes. And mum faints, just like she, she did in uh, Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, Adam says peekaboo just before she faints, which is brilliant. <laughs> uh, and then we get some really good bits. in. We, we spend quite a while in the house now. Um, and it's basically just lots of um, Adam throwing shit about, and it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing with his toys, pulls the door off. Yeah, um, put the door <laughs> down, sweetheart. I fix it. <laughs> Considering this kid is, as you said, about three or four, um, there's a bit where he's like throwing balls up in the air and hitting them with a tennis racket, and I was like, shit, yeah. this kid's got better hand-eye coordination than I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, the way I've described this scene is I literally just wrote the word japes with an exclamation mark. <laughs> um, yeah, with a, yeah, it's great. <laughs> there's the neighbor, neighbors outside listening in. They're all doing the hokey cokey or the hokey pokey, as Americans call it, for no apparent reason. Yes. Don't know what that's about. No, it's just weird. No. Uh, then, yeah, they, the neighbours eventually ring the doorbell and they say, you know, that they're entertaining Uncle Janusz, so they keep this uh, ruse up. <laughs> um, and then we cut away um, a few times during this scene to these uh, squabbling scientists that are trying yeah. to figure out um, what Wayne was working on from yeah, the got photo the, image. The, the security camera has taken one still photo that they've... Well, no, they've frozen it on this one one bit where it's a bit blurry, but it's got three eyes, so they think it might be an alien. It, that was, it looks like an image that was taken with your digital camera you got in 2001 that came free with your, <laughs> with your Nissan Almira kind of shit. <laughs> it's well, that, not... that's, that's nine years in the future for them. That is, that's proper good technology. <laughs> and it fits in the palm of your hand. <laughs> Uh, but they do the whole Hollywood shtick of enhancing the image, which <laughs> oh, I have in my notes. Enhance, <laughs> yeah, in, in block capitals, ever in. Um, yeah. Then they we go back to the house and they have built um, Adam a new playpen, but obviously for his new size. Yes, um, and Wayne's you know saying that he can't do anything without getting back to the lab, but he's not allowed in. And then they realise that the original Ray from the first film is in the lab's warehouse. They could probably sneak in and nick that. Yes, the the Indiana Jones warehouse. Yes. Or the, or the X-Files warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> which actually had the Ark of the Covenant um, on one of the uh, shots, apparently, but I didn't see it. Oh, shit, did it? It did, Amazing. yeah. Um, and, yeah, what was I going to say? They they do another round of twinkle twinkle with Big Bunny to get Adam to sleep so that they they can then Mum and Mum and Wayne will go out um and leave Adam with Nick. So yeah. basically they're hoping that he'll stay asleep. But of course he's not, <laughs> because it's a film and that would be no fun at all. Yes. <laughs> um So Nick So they they they've forgotten that Mandy is on her way to babysit for him. Yeah. <laughs> and she arrives. Um and obviously then that gets awkward. Um, well, she's, she's the second fainter. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, science boss as well. He's figured out that baby, it's a baby and a bunny that gets shot. And so they're going to, he's going to pay Wayne a visit and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I think there's some kind of quote about, um, I, Let's not make this weird or something. I've completely blanked on what they say, but she faints and then wakes up tied to a chair. Yeah, well, I'd written that Nick was practicing his bondage skills on Wendy. Yeah, yeah, he's done <laughs> that before. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of sinister. It's not like a little bit of string round the wrists. He has literally yeah. got her on that chair and she ain't moving. <laughs> I, I, I think he's later on will become... That's why we haven't heard of him later on. Oh, when, right. When did uh, Dennis Rader, the BTK killer, get arrested? It, I'm sure it was the uh, early to mid-90s. <laughs> so you think it was him? <laughs> I, I, I reckon he is BTK, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then Adam is watching TV, doing some exercising, some yeah. uh, aerobics, and 
the electricity is coming out of the TV and making him even bigger. So he gets to about 11 feet, I think they say at one point. Yep. And he smashes through the wall and off he goes. In an excellent cartoon style shaped hole. Yes. Reminded (laughs) me of Pete's dragon when the dragon does the same thing. Have you seen that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, And then from here on out, basically the rest of the film is um, a kaiju movie meets Jurassic Park (laughs) 2. So yeah. we we start with their small town suburbia as as this ten foot baby is running rampant, um, various japes with a magician. Um, There's uh, I I need to point out another excellent line uh, from uh, Mandy the babysitter. This wasn't in the job description. We'll pay you overtime. Okay. <laughs> ho ho ho. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the the magician doing the party in the back garden next door uh is leonard from the big bang theory's mum is it yeah i hate uh, big bang theory <laughs> she's also in adam's family values oh she's the uh one of the camp um guide people what i don't know what they're called the the grown up people that look after oh, yeah, the kids yeah, on yeah. summer camp oh uh, right okay so she she's organizing the the turkey play thingy that yeah i hadn't picked we- up wednesday on that. subverts um yeah. And then uh, she is the third fainter. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. With with potential drowning thrown in for good measure in that yeah. bit. Um, but then uh, ba- Baddy Science Man turns up and it's it's almost like a Jurassic Park shot, even though this was, I think this, this was before Jurassic Park, wasn't it? It was, he, yeah. He, he pulls up and you can see his reaction with him looking at Adam before he gets out of the car. It's almost like the bit where uh, they see the... the the uh, Diplodocus is for the first time in uh, yeah. Jurassic Park, and then uh, we the parents run home and well drive home, and the U.S. Marshal is they find you know the boss man's there. The U.S. Marshal has taken Adam for testing, and they we see them in a convoy. Basically, they've got him in the back of a eighteen wheeler, and yep. as they're going past the electricity pylons down the strip. It's Adam. zapping him. Yeah, so Adam gets even bigger. But they they actually uh, say to him, don't worry, it's just like one big playpen, which we've already seen him get out of at least two playpens throughout the film so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Boss Man tells the, the US Marshals to arrest, arrest Wayne because basically he's been thieving from work. Um, and then a, um, a limo turns up and it's... Another big, big boss man. It's, it's Lloyd Bridges. Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously we're, we're, we're duped into thinking that Wayne's going to get into trouble, but um, Sterling just tells naughty boss man that he's fired and that yeah. he's instantly on Wayne's side. Because um, he's a nice dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, sorry, you go. Uh, so so now Adam has grown to at least 50 feet tall. Yep. And we get to see some epic Adidas product placement. Because yes, because he's shot got of his shoes. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually checked as well because he's wearing dungarees and there was one shot where you see a button on his dungarees and it I've completely forgotten what it says already. I should have written it down. But at the time, I googled that brand of kids clothes and that did exist and you can buy right um, yeah. second hand you can buy his dungarees on ebay <laughs> not his actual dungarees in the film but well, they're, they're they're not are, gonna, there are still they're, available 
they're not going to fit many people, are they, if they're these actual ones from the film? Because well, yes, you'd need be a 50-foot child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he puts um, Nick and Mandy in his pocket. Wayne, at some point, must have mentioned that, that he'd figured out what was causing it, because I've written down an electromagnetic flux. So that yes. must have been... <laughs> Yep. Yeah, because we, we had a failed attempt at recording last week, didn't we? So it's been a while since I watched we, it. We did. <laughs> uh, yeah, because as I've said plenty of times on the podcast before, I live with my sister who's disabled, and she normally on a Wednesday night goes to a disability disco locally. Um, so it tends to be a good night for me to record. Except because of the uh, lockdown, she's now streaming the disco from <laughs> her Facebook on her new tablet she's just bought, which has an amazing... Um, speaker and so we were upstairs just sat down ready to record and the floor started bouncing (laughs) (laughs) so we've had to postpone for a week suddenly just went oh yeah this isn't gonna work anymore it's it's fine i hope she had a lovely time (laughs) she did good the carers Um, get a bit bored apparently because um she basically They'd sat there having listening to shit 90s music um, and (laughs) pretending to enjoy it for an hour (laughs) brilliant (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah so they put as i say they put nick and mandy in their pocket oh shit they're walking towards las vegas with all the lights that's going to make him even bigger yep and there's there's an amazing bit that you i i only caught after watching it quite a few times he actually waits at some traffic lights <laughs> oh that's he's, he's walking along that. and the traffic lights go to red and he just stands there for a second until they go green and then carries on oh he's got <laughs> such good parents this kid yes hasn't he? been brought up right and yeah, so big boss, uh, bad boss, sorry, he's calling in the military because he's in a mood and he's gonna yeah. he's gonna sort it out himself. He believes, um, and then we see that the the good guys are trying to arrange a roadblock, so basically they can stop him in his tracks and try and shrink him with the ray. Uh, the only yeah. problem is that they've got to keep him still for twelve seconds. Um, yes. At this point, I had to write down that the model work in this bit is is spot on i thought yeah well, they... this is it that that picture that i sent you it was with it, it was the uh the human size adam standing next to this giant model of his head i don't think they used that because it looked absolutely horrific it looked and like there's... bride of chucky shit going on it did it was, it, it was absolutely it looked exactly like chucky uh, only fucking giants. <laughs> I imagine as well, like it would have been very King Kong in the, like, the eyes and everything would have moved really slow. And just, yeah, <laughs> oh god, I'm so glad it didn't get used because it was a thing of nightmares. What you showed me, <laughs> I'll have I'll have to uh, post it on Twitter when I yeah, uh, when I'm promoting. <laughs> then Wayne has a brainwave of how they're going to get him to stay still for 12 seconds. We'll put him to sleep. So yep. they go and get um really big bunny which of course is about 50 which, feet tall as well by this point that, they're airlifting over vegas with a helicopter which yeah. is br- a brilliant shot we're doing really well adam's about to fall asleep from singing twinkle twinkle yeah and that's when wayne stupidly says, he says the n-word for, he says the n-word to a two-year-old what was he thinking disgraceful while the world's um, press was watching yeah um, so he shouts no nap and runs off towards the strip. Yeah. And again, we see another shot of the military mobilizing to attack. Yeah. And we see um, Vegas going into full uh, full lockdown mode, uh, clearing the streets. There's Tannoy saying, you know, there's a hundred foot baby coming in. 
<laughs> we never Which... see we never see him get bigger, but we just get an awkward little bit of dialogue where Nick's just like, "Wow, he grew an extra fifty feet in two seconds." <laughs> Which I thought was pretty pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, in case you hadn't cottoned on to how similar to a kaiju movie this is, we get a brilliantly crap shot of some Asian tourists pointing yes. at him going, Godzilla! Godzilla! Yes. <laughs> Just to hit, really hit you over the head with it. Yeah. Um, and then Adam hears an ice cream truck. My first thought of which was, are there really ice cream vans just driving up and down the Las Vegas Strip in the middle of the night? <laughs> I've see. I, I when I went to California, we we went to Vegas as well on the same trip, and the traffic was pretty much gridlocked most of the time. <laughs> there are zero cars in this film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's hardly hardly any track. Also, um, interestingly, for it, it was very much not like the Vegas that I'd been to because this is all at Fremont Street, which is the old Vegas Strip bit. Right. Whereas now it's tends to be all concentrated down the newer stuff. Yeah. Um there's this the Fremont Street experience, which is in the street where they film most of this, it's now got a really big um like LED screen roof put over yeah, all of it. I think I've seen that. Is is that the street as well where you can do that like zip line flying yes. over it kind of shit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Weird. we 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 were only in Vegas for uh two nights, so we didn't actually go down there. Fair enough. So. <laughs> Did you win anything? Nope. We didn't play any casino type stuff at all. We were basically there so we could go to the Grand Canyon. Nice. <laughs> uh, we went to, went to the Mob Museum, which was amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> that was really cool. And then I... Uh, no, I'm saving that for another podcast with you, so I'm going to leave that bit later, oh, until later oh. on. <laughs> okay. I, I think I might know what that's about. Yep. In general. Um <laughs> So yeah, the uh, we get another shot of the military. They've got um, a tranquilizer cannon that Bad Boss is going to use himself yep. to shoot Adam. Um, then we see Adam trip over because a, a car stops on one of his laces and it yes. knocks him over, and he has a bit of a cry. And I was just like, this this bit was quite quite sad. I thought, I, yeah, we've done a good job of getting to know these characters, and it it, it did. It did yeah. make me feel bad for this poor kid, and obviously, like, yeah, if you if you're a if you're a two year old and this is happening to you, imagine it. Just, he's he's, just... a, he's absolutely fine after a second though, because he sees a uh, a nice uh, bright yellow car that he yeah. thinks is a toy. <laughs> um, but which, yeah, which the ki- yeah, the kids manage to escape out of the pocket and sit end up sat in this car which then yeah adam starts playing around with like it's a toy and yeah. I, again i just wrote japes um yeah and we he, up... he puts it on vegas vicky's leg yeah um <laughs> which is you know nearly 100 feet up in the air yeah and so there's a bit of tension then in a, in their in their attempt to escape this situation mandy just opens the wrong door and nearly falls flat, <laughs> flat as a pancake on the ground. Yeah, it wasn't a good move. No. I don't think she'd thought that through entirely. But um, yeah, Adam catches the car before it falls and stuff like that. So it's yeah. everything's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they finally figured out their plan of how they're going to capture Adam, which is they're going to shut down all the lights on the Las Vegas Strip and... Um, 
get him to follow the ice cream truck. Yeah. And the the one of the policemen is driving the truck and he fucking revs it, mate. I was Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen an ice cream truck go that fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I've seen quite a few around in the last few days and I keep thinking that doesn't seem like a good idea. But yeah, they're generally going around slowly because <laughs> they're trying to get people to buy ice cream from them. But yeah, they, I think that's not a thing that we should be doing, really. No. Um, they The bit where they're shutting out all the casinos one by one, I think might have been part of the agreement for them to be able to film there because they then, name every single casino. They do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, product placement galore. Yeah. Um, then... Basically, that plan fails because Adam catches up with the ice cream truck and tries to eat the giant ice cream yeah. uh, on the roof. And Mum finally has an idea of what he really needs is his mum. Blow yeah. me up that size and I can keep him still while she shrink the pair of us. Um, she she says this, the, the quote that I'd written here was, Daddy's mean fun, Mummy's mean business. Yeah. <laughs> as, as a dad, do you agree with that statement? I think it's accurate. I do, I do sometimes <laughs> think that uh, it'd be good the other way around, but actually, no, I quite like doing the fun bit. So uh, <laughs> now, carry on. <laughs> and finally, we get back to Chekhov's Hard Rock Cafe. Indeed. Because... He, he picks up the guitar. Yeah. Kirsty got really annoyed when we were watching it because he pulls the guitar out of the ground and all the lights stay on. But um, you can <laughs> just about see a cable still connecting it to the yeah. ground. So we let them <laughs> off. And the military turn up at the same time as he's playing with his guitar. And I, d- I thought the soundtrack choice was quite good then because it's got, um, I think it's Brian Adams uh, playing Everywhere I Go, The Kids Want to Rock as he's playing. Oh, very nice. Very nice. The military turn up, they try to shoot him and, you know, they shoot the guitar, which gives him a shock. Yeah. Um, but just as they're about to get him, a 200-foot mum turns up. Yeah. And, so that, uh, that well, that, that scene is, it's horrible because he's crying his eyes out and it's genuine, proper crying. And I, yeah. I was I was thinking, because he's so young, he can't have followed a script and, and just cried on command. There must have been something that made him cry. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking back to when you have done the episodes with like the, uh, was it the bear in uh, Witch Mountain or something? There was a bear, yeah. And and I'm I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder if they did something horrible to the kid to, to do that. And then I was thinking about it. And actually, um, Elodie, cri- Elodie cried the other day because I said that she couldn't be a toaster when she grew up. Yeah, like that's the thing, isn't it, with kids? Like it doesn't take much to make them cry. They fucking and they cry get, at anything. As soon <laughs> yeah. as they've finished, they'll get over it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's absolutely fine, totally justified for the film. Even though, as a dad, you're like, oh no, the kid's crying. Oh, cheer him up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, after Mum's uh, smashed up this plane, uh, this helicopter. Um, yeah, when she grabs it and screams, "Back off!" Yeah, which is uh, pretty badass. Yeah, then um, Adam runs to mum, and obviously the kids are still back in his pocket at this point. Yeah, um, and causing Boob what squash. I can what what can only be the most bizarre emotional trauma a teenage <laughs> boy can ever can ever happen. He Nick gets crushed by his mum's giant tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's going to fuck him up, is it? Yeah, that's his life over there. 
Yeah. Um, and then we get, they stand still, zap, they're normal size again. Um, <laughs> Mum gives Bad Boss a big punch around the chops, and <laughs> and everyone ne- has an ice cream. I, I, and uh, Wayne is holding uh, Adam at that point, and he says, look, never cross Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the lol that um, Mandy and Nick were obviously still in Adam's pocket when they shrunk them. Yes. So, so Wayne says the line, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yes. Um, but um, Nick and uh, Mandy are about to get a bit kissy-kissy, so he, Nick tells Dad to fuck off and leave them yep. until, until that's sorted. So Nick gets the girl, and Adam gets the giant bunny, so it's all, all happily yeah. ever after. But most importantly, if the trauma hadn't been enough from being uh, smushed by his mum's giant boobs, um, <laughs> Mandy then turns to Nick and tells him, you're different like your dad. And I was like, yeah, that's what gets me, Randy, <laughs> is, uh, is hearing that. Um, I, I actually hadn't thought of that. That is an entirely fair point. Yeah, Maybe, maybe the actor just ended up in some kind of catatonic state for the rest of his life after this. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But yeah, in a record-breaking one hour and 20 minutes of recording, we have <laughs> actually managed to uh, talk about a whole film. That was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Amazing. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, so go for it. Your, what are your final thoughts? Well, I was expecting, when I first sat down to watch it, that it was going to be utterly, utterly shit. And it really isn't. It's a really, it, it's really entertaining. It's funny, but it's, it's really like, you know, heartwarming as well. It's, it's a nice film. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's a good feel good movie. Um, I'm hoping cause they're, they're actually, they're, uh, at the moment, allegedly making a new one called shrunk, which Rick Moranis is going to be in again. Yes, which I've seen as that. he's he's not done much acting for for years, yeah, because he's sort of semi-retired to look after his kids, I think, yeah, and now obviously his kids have grown up, so he can come back. Um, I'd love it if they managed to get some of the other cast back as well. Cause, I think cause, it's the kind of thing that they could probably manage because well, Disney is now back to the you know this was. This was in like the wilderness years, wasn't it? Because this was before The Little Mermaid, I think. I could um, be wrong. The first one came out the same year as The Little Mermaid. Oh, so, right. So it's a little bit after. Okay. No, so, in, in that case, it was sort of the, in the Renaissance period. Yeah. But then it kind of, Disney went off again a little bit after The Lion King and then came back up. And it's fucking enormous again now. You know, you yeah. can't, they, they've got the budget, they've got the credibility. Um, yeah. I think they could do a really good job of it, so I'm I'm looking forward to that if if it ever happens. But yeah, um, I I genuinely think that they did a really good job with this, and I, I think I probably actually prefer it to uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Cool. Um, okay. But it, that that may be part of the fact that the little kid in it reminds me of my daughter, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of that in a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. My final thoughts. Um. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you do run the risk when you go to back to a film you've not seen for a long time that it could be shit now. And yeah. we've been stung in that way a good couple of times on the podcast. <laughs> um, but this one stands up really well. Um, I am in the same boat, I think, where I do prefer this film to 
the first film, um, mainly because I watched this film way more as a kid and it's got a, a lot bigger nostalgia hit yeah. for me watching this. Um, but I really like it's although it, obviously the premise is ridiculous and the film sticks very strongly to its own logic as i say like yeah. nothing goes too over the top to be too ridiculous so all of the dialogue about the sciencey side of things if you're only half paying attention it sounds like it could work and it sounds legit and <laughs> i think it and visually as well the world building works really well everything every scene is visually interesting yeah. the effects look amazing haven't really mentioned but the soundtrack is is perfectly wacky um yeah. that fits the tone of the film and all the actors are doing their a, a brilliant job like just i mean essentially just chewing the scenery most of the time because they're you know they're just running around with their arms in the air screaming but it's yeah perfectly what this film needs and i'm so glad we watched it again so thank you very much for uh picking it no worries i can't I'll... i can't be sure that the sequel is any of this is any better <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps that'll be another episode later on then <laughs> yeah so out of 10 gems how many do you think you've uncovered today I reckon it's a good nine. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. That's the number I've written. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with this film. Loved every second of it. It's Actually, only gonna... I'll, I'm going to retract that. I'm going to go for 9.32. Just to because, piss Chris off. Just because it'll annoy Chris, yeah. Oh, that, well, that's <laughs> you can come back again then if you're going to be like that. <laughs> um, yeah, just a brilliant film all around. Yeah really enjoyed it so thank you again for joining us today it's been a pleasure that's fine thanks for letting me on i've I've really enjoyed it where can people find you on the internet if they wanted to find you okay so uh as as you mentioned at the start i'm uh, also on the we made this network with two podcasts uh three soon in fact um i'm uh so i've got uh my my two main musicy podcasts. I've got a uh, Weedig Music, which is me, uh, my friend Ian, and my friend Tracy. Uh, each episode, we take two bands, a less well known band and a more well known band, and talk utter bollocks about them mainly. Um, <laughs> so we've uh, we're recording uh, an episode about Garbage as the bigger band and Guitar Wolf as the less known band next week um for example um then uh free with this month's issue which is uh me and ian plus a different guest each month uh and we it's all about old magazine free cds from like kerrang and enemy and metal hammer and and q and that kind of thing and we uh just go through it track by track and uh uncover the absolute brilliance and utter utter terribleness that's uh within <laughs> those cds uh so both of those um you can find on you know, all of your usual podcast apps on, on Spotify and that. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, as at this month's issue for Free With This Month's Issue and at Weeding Music PCAST. Uh, free With This Month's Issue is on Instagram as well, uh, just as Free With This Month's Issue. Uh, and if you want to find just me, uh, just, you know, as I am normally, uh, on Twitter, it's Mog, uh, at Mogwai Fear Satan. Uh, there's also. <laughs> Uh, later this month, depending on when this is coming out, um, is uh, there's a new uh, We Made This podcast, 
uh, called Shipwrecked and Comatose. Which, ah, right. Uh, I didn't realise you were on that as well. I'm I'm a uh, regular guest on that, so I'm doing a couple of episodes in each series. And that's for that Red one. Dwarf, isn't it? That's about about Red Dwarf, yeah. With our feline consultant, Mark. Indeed, <laughs> yes. Okay, brilliant. And uh, if anyone's looking to find me on the internet, I am on Twitter at TimblesRH. You can also find this podcast on at Podwam. And we're also on Instagram at Without a Mouse. So, yeah, once again, uh, thank you so much for coming, Colin. No worries. Cheers, Tim. Enjoyed it, mate. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Without a Mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House. Theme tune by Ether Or. Previously on the We Made This Network. By Projection Light. Dickinson also brings the audience's attention to a then-unknown Audrey. He shines like a bright, pure beacon the whole film. It's quite amazing to think that only a year after this film, she would be cast in the film that would catapult her to superstardom and garner her an Oscar win. But it's also not difficult to believe. Her performance is so unaffected, as if she's living the part of Nora, which, as I've said, she almost had already. And it's also wonderful to see her dance, particularly during the audition scene towards the start of the film, where she flits and spins like an angel. It made me think of how she had danced during the war for audiences who were not allowed to clap due to the prohibition of public gatherings, but how she brought joy to those people as she brings joy to everyone who's watching this film every time she dances. Don't say the C word. Sex, drugs and rock and roll isn't a cliche, I've seen it all. There's a unique group of groupies that feel the need to collect, if that's the right term to use, like all of the band members, as in to sleep with all the band members and all of the crew. Oh, wow. So so they kind of, do they work their way from the top down or do they work their way from the bottom up? Yeah, get to whoever they can first. And it would always be me and one of the band members they'd never get. And I was quite proud of that. I was like, yeah, I'm the one that you don't know about. So you can never brag. I'm not a bragging writer. That's pretty admirable. And um, is there a particular reason why you're not going to shag the groupies? At the time, I was a virgin and I didn't want my first time to be with just some random lady on the road. Bloody hell, that really is admirable. I think I'd have thrown my virginity at anybody, to be honest (laughs) with you. It got to the point a few years on, like, I was like, I'm thinking about it now. (laughs) But now. The time is now. A millennium podcast. The way that the way that, that, that he's, um, he's he's offered that job, I, I think he's done that before. Um, it's, it's not out of character for him to go into a situation like that. And it's done a bit more with a bit more levity earlier on the season in Goodbye Charlie, yeah. where he goes to speak to the um, the social worker and, uh, and, and he, he lays off all of his problems, <laughs> which is a which is a great scene in that episode. Yeah, it's very hard to be that have that sort of levity when you're dealing with literal Nazis. To be fair. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's slightly a slightly different take on the same kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering whether the Mel Brooks sequence of that would probably be something to behold. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network.